Welcome to the Innovation Roundtable Insights Podcast. This episode was recorded at an Innovation Roundtable workshop hosted by Bosch in Stuttgart in February 2019, where our colleague Leonard sat down with Martin Kwitzka, Venture Development Manager at Audi Denkwerkstatt, Audi's innovation hub in Berlin. Martin talks about the relationship between Audi and Denkwerkstatt and the role the innovation hub plays in expanding the current product portfolio of Audi. During the conversation, he explains how the hub focuses on creating a future assumptions map and how a wide variety of methods and methodologies are implemented to innovate. Martin, thank you very much for, for joining me uh, for this interview. My pleasure. Uh, maybe we can start the interview by you just briefly explaining who you are, what company you work for and uh, what role you have currently. But of course. Right. So my name is Martin Kwitzke and I'm a Venture Development Manager at Audi Denkwerkstatt. Audi Denkwerkstatt is Audi's innovation hub in Berlin. Maybe in the beginning you can give us an overview of kind of how Audi Denkwerkstatt fits into the larger innovation framework at, at Audi. Right. So as you might uh, assume, we're not the only one doing innovation in such a large company, but we have close ties to everyone who is doing innovation. So these might be our internal partners in Ingolstadt and Neckarsulm, but also our uh, innovation research labs on other continents of the world, as well as our corporate uh, partners of the uh, Volkswagen Group. So uh, we have uh, Volkswagen Group partners uh, from Porsche, from Volkswagen and others in Berlin, but also in other parts of the world. And we are closely connected to them. And we are basically also doing a round table in regular intervals with, uh, with our uh, well sister companies, basically, in the group. As far as I understand, Denkwerkstatt is really trying to look a bit beyond the current uh, product portfolio that Audi currently has, basically. How much do you have to still look at the immediate returns or, or how much are you able to look more into the long term, a bit disconnected from the quarterly pressure maybe? Yeah, so um, in Ingolstadt, Neckarsulm, Gürn, other um, well, production and development facilities of, of uh, Audi, we build cars, we develop cars and we are not in Berlin to like dive into that topic and try to Im improve the way we develop cars from Berlin. We went to Berlin to uh, sort of engage with the ecosystem there, which is startups, which is venture capital funds, which is company builders, as well as the mobility ecosystem. You have a wide range of ride sharing, car sharing, bike sharing, ride hailing, everything that is connected to mobility ecosystems. You will find an example in Berlin. And this is really, well, fundamental for us to um, look for ways how we can solve our users, our customers' issues in urban areas. This is why we are in Berlin. And um, we basically have go for several years. We have a budget that we can count on. So we're pretty much independent and can actually work on, um, well, on topics with a more long-term focus. So as you said, quarterly figures are not an issue for us. Uh, we work in batches of six months. So we have teams of, let's say, four to five people, three teams per batch. So these are about 15 internal employees that come to Berlin and they work on challenges that we give to them and they're all formulated in a how might we way so that we transform a problem into a solution-oriented approach. And we then 
guide and coach these teams towards the innovation process across all those six months. Let me ask you then at the, at the end of those six, six months, what is basically kind of the deliverable uh, that comes out of it? Right, sure. So what we expect the teams to develop in those six months is a working prototype as well as a validated business model. So this could be, for example, um, in the last batch, like the second half of 2018, we worked on electric mobility, for example, and we looked into ways how to make, you know, the charging experience more enjoyable because nowadays when you uh, when you have an electric uh, vehicle and you want to charge it you need to bring your own cable it usually lies on the ground you mess your clothes when you when you pull up the pull up the cable um, then the, the the charging column you know the, like the entire system doesn't really talk to you you hardly ever get any information on the status of, of the charging process. Is it charging or is it not charging? How much has been, has been put into your car? Uh, there's, uh, there hardly ever is some sort of interface that talks to you like visually or, or acoustically uh, and tells you what the status is. And you're not like nobody of us is used to that because our phone tells us what it's doing, what the services that we are using are doing right now every, like, every minute. Uh, but those those charging st uh, stations don't. So we looked into ways how to make the whole experience much more enjoyable, how to uh, you know how to guide the cable, uh, how to um, I don't know use colors, tones, whatever on on the display. What the display should should tell us when we look at it. Um, and we did that with uh, really simple prototypes in, bit in the beginning. So we basically went to IKEA. And just bought a Billy, uh, no, what's it called? Well, you know, one of those really, really uh, tall and, and rather thin columns for like I don't know, 80 euros or whatever, uh, and just attached some some garden uh, hose to it, and then played around with different ways of, of guiding the cable. You know, from the top or from the bottom, or like when you when you tank gasoline with one of those uh, like I don't know, revolving revolving pipes. Uh, so we, we played around with different ways how to how to how to guide the cable, and also with different interfaces, uh, with uh, basically a smartphone tucked behind some cutout in the, in the wood. So really basic. It took us I don't know a day to to build that prototype, but we got an extremely valuable input from users that we well we either acquired or we just asked on the streets, passengers passing by, and we asked them what would you expect. When you uh, were, or when we're, when you would be using uh, such a such a uh, such a station, what would you expect? Mm. Um, how far to reach with the cable? What would you expect the display to tell you? Um, do these sounds that we are playing do they do they make sense to you? Do, can you identify with the colors? Right. So <coughs> this was one day of work. We went out of the building, talked to our customers, and got extremely valuable insights on how to improve our our charging station. And that was in, I don't know, month one and a half of six months. So really early, we tried to go out. We tried to build really stupid or easy prototypes. And um, then just, you know, go with what the customer has to say, uh, has, to, uh, has to tell us. In, in terms of, you know, skill sets and capabilities, those teams, what does it need? And where do you find those kind of... Uh, capabilities, maybe also mindsets. Uh, where, how do you find those people? Right. So we, we find them in all departments of the company and in all 
um, well, plants of the company. So we're not just recruiting from, from Germany. We've also uh, started to um, recruit internationally. And what we look for in our, um, well, in, in our team members is curiosity, not a certain like, um, content skill set. So we recruit from, from purchasing, from sales, from well, HR, obviously from technical development and production. And you know, like every single part of the company is more than welcome to uh, send, their, send, their, well, send their employees to us. We have a recruiting process, so they first need to get approval from their, from their boss that they, in case they get accepted to the program, that they're allowed to come to us for six months. So this is sort of the main obstacle, because you know, not every boss is able to fill the gap that will be there for six months well, with, with, um, well, with ease. Mm -hmm. So uh, everybody who, who's interested, who's curious, uh, is is allowed to apply. There are basically no no boundaries as to what to bring, and then we have a what we call Kennenlerntag. So we uh, get to meet each other for a whole day. We get to present the Denkwerkstatt, past projects. Uh, we um, sometimes um, also invite uh, previous previous uh, participants, alumni, and then we get to know the uh, the uh, applying participants. And they do individual tasks. They do quite a lot of group tasks, they need to present something, they need to pitch something. And uh, across this whole day, we get a very specific, like, um, well, a deep insight into the way they work as individuals, as well as in teams, in different teams. So they work in, in well, different teams during the day. Mm -hmm. And then we take the decision as to who fits into our program. And then basically the next day or like Monday, the next week, uh, they get either, well, well, accepted to the program or, or not. So basically we do our own recruiting. How does it work? I mean, it, it is, the Denkwerkstatt is really connected also, as you say, to the, uh, to the rest of the organization. But the ways of working and the mindsets are very different. Right. How do you manage kind of the different cultures, those new employees coming in with a completely different way of thinking and right. working? Mm -hmm. And also when you communicate with business units or with plants or with any, any, anyone else in the organization, how do you manage that, that difference? How do yeah. you translate? Yeah, yeah. Very, very good question. So um, we have two pillars that Denkwerkstatt is well, uh, based upon. So the one is obviously to produce valuable content, uh, business value. And the, uh, the other one is to transform corporate culture into where it makes sense, into a more agile way of, of doing things. Um, and obviously, what you mentioned is that um, it's it's uh, quite a quite a mindset change to come from sort of corporate Ingolstadt or Neckarsulm or wherever to well rather hip and, and agile Berlin. Um, and to facilitate this whole process, we uh, do a onboarding uh, well sort of program with our participants, which lasts for a whole month. So they are onboarded. Uh, in methodologies, we do a, a Google Design Sprint with them for like an entire week. Uh, we um, send them to an observation phase. We do mobility challenges to let them explore uh, like the mobility ecosystem in Berlin. We give them very uh, intense deep dives into what is already being done at Audi in like our, our different development um, uh, stations. Um, so that they know where to start from and do not invent the wheel twice, basically. 
And this entire process lasts for four weeks. And after that, they have four to five months to actually dive deep into their topic, to develop uh, valuable content after deciding on which problem uh, to focus on. So what, what we give them is a simple how might, request, how might we question. This could be how might we create a more seamless electric mobility experience. It could be something like how might we, I don't know, uh, you know, um, make transit time more valuable. How can we use transit time more, more purposefully? But it can also be stuff that it's far further away from the car, like how might we reduce the stress level of our users within a city. So there are some things that you would obviously connect to Audi and there's other things that you would not normally associate with what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And we have the freedom to you know, look like a, at a wide range of, of different topics. And what we then do to keep the connection to our home department is we uh, pitch regularly in Berlin as well as in Ingolstadt in intervals of let's say one month, one and a half months. We pitch the progress, or well not we, but the teams pitch their progress to our stakeholders. In Ingolstadt we invite their, their, like their bosses, we invite uh, our, our advisory board, we uh, invite people who will be um, or who, who, who could be involved in the further development process after those six, uh, six months with uh, further developing the, the solutions that are, uh, like that are invented in Berlin. So we invite like a r quite a wide range of people necessary to keep us alive basically, to, to keep us in the minds of people, to push our content forward, to develop things. Um, and we also invite uh, future participants, for example, to uh, have a look at the final pitch to get a grasp on how things work, what, what things or like what, what sort of result could be standing there at the end of the next six months. We have a growing alumni network and um, what we also do you know that innovation or like a, a mindset change can't just come from the bottom. Obviously it's, it's, it's great to have lots and lots and a growing number of employees inspired and, and infected with, with an, well, new work basically, with this um, agile and startup-like way of, of doing things and just trying it out, failing, learning, trying something different. Um, but we also invite management levels and this could be lower, middle, upper management levels to Berlin. So every, every um, participant's boss is asked to come to Berlin for at least once uh, one day during those six months. We do management programs of differing lengths where we invite people who are interested in getting to know the Denkwerkstatt spirit but who have a, well, uh, like a, uh, a leading role at, at their home department in, uh, in Ingolstadt, for example. We invite them for one week or more to uh, come to us and, well, get get trained methodology-wise, uh, methodology but also work hands-on on a day-to-day -day basis with the team. So they get to, you know, lead interviews, build prototypes, whatever the team is doing. They, they are joining them for like a, a given uh, range of time and they really get to experience the, the Denkwerkstatt spirit uh, themselves. And this, like the, the, the entire suite of, of measures that I just uh, described to you, you know, the, uh, the management programs, the alumni network, the uh, learning by doing of all the participants, this is very valuable to transform our uh, corporate culture where it makes sense into a more, you know, lean startup way of, of just building something, learning, 
doing it again um, cycle of, of rapid improvement. Let me quickly ask about that, those alumni and, and some of their experiences when they come back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, is that uh, often a big frustration because you know they are back into a, a, a bit of an, an, an old way or different way at least, mm -hmm. a different way of, uh, of thinking and working? Uh, or, or is it that they see opportunities and can have impact? Uh, wh what are some of the uh, feedbacks from, from those alumni? Right. So the, the feedback that we get is that um, the better we prepare them and their bosses to their return, the easier it gets for them. So th this is why, for example, we invite every, every participant's boss to come to us and to see why, they're, that why their employees are working and, and doing things the way that they're doing. So once you have seen it yourself, you grasp the advantage that you will probably have when you allow this employee to come back and try out new methods that they, that they have in their, in their backpack and their, their toolkit and apply it to their department uh, in, in the Kassel or Ingolstadt. And um, yeah, so th th this is uh, w w one side of the story. We need to prepare the participants and their bosses. Um, but uh, what we are very glad to see as well is that those that have returned in the past, like the last batch or the batch before, um, they're extremely active in pushing methodologies that they have learned. So they, they post articles on our intranet. They lead sessions with numerous people of their departments, linked departments, other, other, um, other uh, corporate divisions to um, inspire others with what they have learned. So the, the uh, community is extremely active in that way. And of course, it's not easy, but nobody ever said it would be, but the better you prepare for the step, and we also do sessions to, um, to pass on the, the experience that we have ourselves. So I used to be in Berlin, went back to Ingolstadt, built up uh, a quite large uh, agile, well, uh, program with quite, uh, quite a large um, number of, of scrum teams working in parallel, and then came back to Berlin. So I went through this process of being infected Passing that on to the corporate world that, you know, is, is doing what it's doing and it's, uh, it's, it's very good that it's doing the, the way that um, uh, things are, are developed. Um, and I know that you can only introduce new methodologies, new, new ways of thinking step by step with the buy-in of your superior. And this is what we pass on to our participants, that they do not change everything at once but that they step by step try to push things into, into their sphere of, of influence, be it their, their team or I don't know, their, wherever they're working. But it just works step by step, small steps, be a little persistent, look for people who support you. So basically if you want to introduce a retrospective in a team with um, quite a few of, of employees that have worked in their position for a longer uh, span of time, it is, as you would expect, rather difficult to, well, um, convince some of them that to, to try a new way of things because it has worked the way it has for the last, I don't know, how many years. Uh, but if you, if you, before you introduce m new methodologies, if you look for, for supporters, for friends who actively engage with the new methodologies that you propose, then it's much easier for you. So you need to be a little strategic, obviously, in the way that you introduce new, new things. Um, but if you, if you um, explain the value that it has beforehand 
and be a little bit persistent. So don't just you know throw in the um, the towel after after like the, the first time you tried. And feedback might have been a little harsh, but you need to keep going and try two, three, maybe four times. And after a few iterations, most employees that get into into contact with, for example, a retrospective see the value of talking about how you do things in your team, what you could do better to interact with each other, to help each other, to you know, sort out issues that you have. Um, and if you, if you pass that little wave of, of resistance with the support of, of others that you, that you uh, onboarded basically beforehand, then it's much easier for you to, to um, create lasting change. Now, in terms of methodologies, I, I heard a bit about you know, under the umbrella probably of Agile, I heard you talk about design th sprints. I heard you talk about Lean Startup. Uh, if you say, how might we? I, I'm, I'm hearing a design thinking. Mm -hmm. um, are these kind of the methodologies you use or are there others or would you supplement something? So what's in the, in the center of everything that we do are assumptions. You know, we, um, we adv strongly advise all of our teams to work with an assumption board where they assess the criticality and the unknown status of, of the assumption and to update it regularly. So this is at the core of everything that we do because we try to develop services that haven't been there before in this particular way. So uh, we need to make assumptions about whether the customer will like it, whether, I don't know, relevant stakeholders will actually provide content to us or whatever, financing, everything that, that is needed. And around that assumption map, we implement an extremely wide variety of, of methodo uh, methodologies, which stem from design thinking, from lean startup. And you know, all of that is not, it's, it's not really rocket science. Uh, the, the important thing is transparency, like with everything in, in agility, our, uh, our teams do retrospectives every week, we as a whole like the resident team of Denkwerkstatt as well as the, as the project teams. We do a group retrospective every Friday and where we talk about what went well, what went bad. Um, and the teams, uh, they, they, uh, they are, uh, well, they're advised to also learn from each other. So yes, they sit in different rooms in a co-working space. We sit in a very large co-working space in Berlin. Um, and they're advised to go out to talk to freelancers, startups that are out there, to other corporates that are working in the same, in the same uh, co-working center, to, to talk to each other, to learn from each other. Because, you know, some might have a, um, a way to define roles in the team that could be extremely helpful and beneficial for other teams. So, for example, uh, one of the teams uh, described roles with a link to animals like a Kanban koala or whatever. So uh, people in the team connect very easily to, to the roles that they have. It is extremely easy to remember if you like the, uh, the animal, which you should. It's a gamified way to, to define roles in the team. And these are just a few examples of like, all the methodologies that we apply that are centered around design thinking, lean startup, scrum, everything there is. Are people staying on their kind of regular working contracts and conditions when they come to you or are you changing any things in terms of remuneration or working envi environment definitely but 
but working hours and flexibility and is there anything different? It, it all stays the same. They stay with their department. They are entsended for six months. Borrowed, basically? Or? Well, yeah, sort of borrowed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they, they, they kind of rip a hole in their home department because their boss is not able to, to you know, fill the hole that they, that they, that they leave when they, uh, when they go to Berlin. But they, they return with a really full backpack full of methodologies, content, insights, etc. Also, the network that you, that you develop in Berlin is extremely valuable to startups, to other corporates that uh, are working in similar fields or in different fields. Um, and um, so for, for the employees on a, on a um, well, contract uh, way of doing things, um, nothing really changes. But when they come to Berlin, they do not just co-work, but also co-live. So we, um, we rent apartments uh, of, of three, and they live there. So it, it's not just an experience of working together in cross-functional teams, but they also live together in different constellations. And this creates an extremely intense network among the participants, which is super helpful for us because it fosters learning, fosters exchange, fosters friendships, obviously, and uh, it just makes everybody stronger. Now you've mentioned the network. How do you engage kind of outside partners? Mm -hmm. And and you, you also said that, that this is one of the the core or core uh, kind of uh, missions to also tap into the Berlin network. Uh, how do you do that? Um, so we haven't been in Berlin for just a week or a month. Uh, so we've been there for for quite some time now. We uh, obviously speak and attend quite a lot of conferences, national and international. Um, level, we uh, have very close ties to different VCs, to company builders, um, to to uh, conference hosts, etc. Uh, also to um, embassies. Um, you know, just develops over time. We share our contacts. We hardly ever go anywhere like just one by one, but we usually go in pairs or three, so that we constantly develop our network further. And um, I mean, th there's no like. There's no, no guidebook on how to develop a network, but it sort of just evolves naturally when, you, when you're active in the scene, you connect yourselves, you get connected. So it's uh, also uh, always a give and take principle. You meet on eye levels with uh, startups. This is also very crucial for us, what we tell our participants on day one. This is not a supplier corporate relationship with a startup. You need to work on eye level uh, and a uh, employer gives first mentality. So we try to, uh, for example, uh, connect them to relevant stakeholders within the company th that they wouldn't be otherwise able to connect with. But for us, it's very, very easy. So this is the way that we provide value, w one of the many ways that we provide value to, uh, for startups when they, when they approach us, if we can. Apart from obviously working together on a contract basis, which we also regularly do, depending on we, when we, uh, what we need. If we build prototypes, uh, we work together with makerspaces, if we uh, need an app, obviously we work together with uh, software developers. It just, you know, it depends on whatever the product is. We do not give any, any boundaries to the teams, what they develop. When we give the how might we question to the team, we do not focus on hardware or software. It can be either or both. And we do not, um, well, we don't push them into any direction. It's, you know, what, what, what's the best fit to the problem that the customer has. 
try to develop the best uh, um, problem solution and, and product market fit. And whatever it is, we support and try to, well, make go live. Last question, uh, Martin. Uh, what would you say is one of the most important learnings you've, uh, you've had kind of uh, in, in your current role? Right. Um, it's extremely to get out of the building and talk to your customers. You don't necessarily need to talk to them on the streets, but talk to them as often and as early as possible because no plan survives the first contact with the customer. This is like the main, the main learning that, <coughs> that every team draws from their time here. And this is also the advice that I would give to anyone working in innovation. Get out of the building, get out of your comfort zone. This is where the magic happens. Just do it. Thank you very much for that uh, interesting and pleasant conversation. All right. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. The video version of this podcast can be accessed via innovationroundtable.online. The Innovation Roundtable online network is your portal to a wide variety of exclusive content, including video presentations, interviews, insights reports, and articles. Not only that, innovationroundtable.online is also a place where you can connect with other corporate innovators, share experiences, request collaborations, and gain inspiration from your peers. Our network is exclusively for innovation practitioners and large firms. So visit innovationroundtable.online to discover more and request your seven-day free trial account.